I'm Karen. And I'm Michelle. We're sisters. And homeschool moms. Welcome to the Layers of Learning podcast, where we talk about family-style homeschooling. Welcome to the podcast today. I'm Karen, and I'm here with my sister, Michelle. Hi. And today we're going to talk about writing. We're especially going to focus on young writers or emerging writers, kids who have not yet even learned to write a sentence. So how do you get them from zero to sentence? It's actually overwhelmingly a lot. And it seems like a sentence is just the beginning, isn't it? But it's not. There's actually a lot that kids have to learn to get to that sentence. It's also, at least for me, it was really hard to teach that. To you know, it was easy enough to have them copy or trace what I wrote. It was really hard to get them to write that first independent sentence where they had ideas in their own brain that they were putting onto a piece of paper. That was that was tough. So Michelle, I'm gonna start out by giving you a little bit of context. I hope um, it was hard for me to come up with, but I've been thinking, what does Michelle not know how to write? Like, if I asked her to write this thing, what would be challenging? And the truth is that you've spent your entire life writing. Like, we write a lot of books. We write a ton. (laughs) Correct me if I'm wrong. Have you ever written a grant proposal? No, that would be hard. I would have to learn it from the beginning. Okay, so I have written grant proposals. And, like, I am responsible for getting self-checkout machines in a library because I wrote the grant proposal that helped me do that when I served on a library board. Okay. And... So I remember that feeling of being overwhelmed and I am a very competent and capable writer, but that was still overwhelming to me. So if you think about you going from what you know now to writing a grant, what would you have to do along the way to be able to get there? Right. So, I mean, I would have to, I would have to start out with what does a grant even look like? You know, I would need, I would need to see an example of a grant. Mm-hmm. And for the specific grant that I was wanting to write for, I would want to see what do they want in this proposal. Like, how should it be organized? Should there be headers? Should there be step-by-step lists? Yeah, I'd, I'd need to know formatting. I would need to know even things like, how do they want it submitted? Should it be a PDF? Is it an email? Is it a written? You know, is, should it be printed out and mailed? I would need to know all of those things. In addition to that, you have to know that there has to be funding attached. Like a grant is asking for funding. Right, it's asking for money. But you can't just go from zero to, I'll give you everything. You know, they don't do that. They want to see what your record is. They want to see what your goals are. They want to see how your funding is doing, all kinds of things. They care very much when you write grants about the legal matters. Everything has to be done very officially and legally. There's a lot that you probably have never even thought of in any of the writing you've done, right? Yeah. So, Now, I want you to imagine for a second that I give you a piece of notebook paper and a pencil and say, write it. Without without me having researched any of that stuff. Yep, just write it. Could you do it? Oh, I would write, I want money. (laughs) A plus, done. (laughs) The, The thing is, that's what we're doing when we hand kids a piece of paper and ask them to write a sentence. Like, we're we're asking them to do things that they cannot do. Because they have never done it, and that's just plain overwhelming. But from our standpoint, we look at it and we say, it's just a sentence. Yeah. Well, I could look at you and say, it's just a grant. (laughs) Just write it. Just write it. That doesn't make it any easier, right? So what we have to be able to do is truly break down the process of writing for kids, and it makes it manageable. I could teach you to write a grant. I'm not going to. Oh, please don't. (laughs) 
I could also teach you how to write an engineering report for the government. I have helped write engineering reports for the helicopters that are getting designed for for our U.S. government because my brother-in-law is an engineer for them and he needed help along the way with writing reports. Things that you, totally out of my wheelhouse. I don't even know how to do it. But you can learn how if you have the steps and, and break it down. We're going to do that today for little kids just learning how to write. We're going to break it down. Good. This will be good because this is seriously something that I struggled with every single one of my children, teaching them to write. Because like I said, it's easy enough to have them copy or trace. It's entirely different for them to get something out of their head and onto the piece of paper. Yeah. There's actually so much that goes into it that we do without even thinking about it. Just earlier today, Michelle, you were telling me that your son is learning to drive. He drove here to my house. Oh, yeah. And and you... We're alive. We all survived the, the trip. You made it. Yeah. You made it here. He, I think you said he did a pretty good yeah, job. Yeah, he did a pretty good job. But he had not driven a lot. This was a new experience for No, him. and we went through construction zones and lots of traffic. We, we live probably an hour and a half from Karen. And so... Because you moved further away. I know. Why'd you do that? Life. Oh. <laughs> You're supposed to be Might have been a mistake. <laughs> but anyway, it's it's a long drive and there's there's highway speeds. There's little tiny country roads with sharp corners, lots of traffic, construction zones. I was going to say construction right now. School zones. I mean, he had to go through all these things that he had not ever been through before. He's mostly been driving on little country roads up until this point. So driving is a super good example of writing because... Driving, you could say, do I know how to get in the car, turn the key, push the gas, you know, put it put it into gear. The actual physical mechanics of driving are one part. Understanding the laws, that's a whole nother part. And then handling all the information that's coming in and responding to it correctly, yeah. that's a whole nother Things part. Things come at you, right? Yeah. Writing is the same way. There are rules for writing. There's also the practical things that come up. There's also the physical... Handwriting. Handwriting. Yeah. There's so many parts of it. So as you were driving here, you told me that you were still telling him, like, okay, coming up soon, there's going to be a left-hand turn. You were kind of guiding him yeah, through yeah. so that he wouldn't have surprises, right? Right. And you're helping kind of be part of his brain because his brain is overtaxed because there's so much happening with writing. Yeah. Well, with that's the, what we're going to do for our, our with, with driving. driving. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, apparently my brain is overtaxed too. But... We're going to do that with writing for our kids. We're going to be part of their brain. We're going to handle part of the process for them so that they don't have so much to, to take. Okay, now Karen, you talk about sharing the pen. And when you say that, I think you mean more than just, I'm going to write part of it. Yeah, I like, do. There's a lot to that. Yeah. We're, we're, going to, we're going to get into sharing the pen entirely. I want to start by actually going through the five levels of writing. Okay. Because those five levels, you will kind of see how sharing the pen begins to happen. Okay? So the very first level is called modeled writing. So when you were in school, Michelle, did you have moments where your teacher was just like up at the whiteboard or on the overhead projector? We had chalkboards. Oh, I'm chalkboards. Sorry. This is before whiteboards. I, I'm younger than you. I had whiteboards. You were four years behind me in Ooh. school. Yeah. We went from chalkboards to whiteboards in, in that, that time. time. Yeah. <laughs> so she's, she's up there or he's up there at the chalkboard, right? <laughs> yeah. And they're actually writing things for you. They might be showing you how dialogue is edited. Like, right. Yeah. You know, like how it's punctuated 
showing you where the quotation marks go, showing you that the comma goes inside, things like that. Right. right. And they're actually doing all of the writing and showing you something. Yes. That's called modeled writing. We do that with our kids, although it's not on a chalkboard probably. Maybe, maybe I have a chalkboard, you. You actually. Have a chalkboard. I love having the chalkboard. But, but very often it's just on their piece of paper in <clears throat> yeah. front of them. Like it might be for the whole family, but it might also just be you writing something down on a piece of paper, you know, but you are actually holding the pen and doing the writing and showing your kids how something happens. I did this recently with my kids. We had a little mini lesson and I wrote a sentence up on the whiteboard and in the sentence there was a series of items, like a list, and I didn't put any of the commas in at first and then I just watched their reactions and you could see they got antsy because we've learned this before. Okay. Okay. And they got antsy when I didn't do the commas, but they didn't say anything. They were waiting. <laughs> yeah. And then I went back at the end of the sentence and I added the commas in. And then I just kind of turned around and looked at them and they were like, we thought you weren't going to do the list commas, <laughs> mom. And I did that on purpose. It was just a little lesson to see if they would see if they it. would notice. Right. Yeah. And so that was, that was our mini lesson for the day. It was very simple. They never held the pen. I right. was up at the board and I modeled the writing for them. Okay, so that's level one. Okay, I have I have a triumphant story to share. Okay, let's hear it. <laughs> so, I like your triumph. So, so the boys were given these knit caps. It, that's anyway. I know about this. Yes, I know my, you do. My kids okay, were given them so too. Our mom accidentally asked for them. <laughs> I, you got to tell the whole story. Okay. So there's this there's this elderly lady who makes these knit caps like like, like snow, snow hats, hats yeah. out of yarn out of yarn and she had made a whole bunch and she was trying to find these specific people that she couldn't get a hold of and so she asked our mom about hey can you help me find these people she thought they were mom kids thought, that she was making them for, yeah, like, yeah yeah mom thought that she was at, had a whole bunch of extra hats and was trying to find people to give them to but that that wasn't the case she was looking for these specific people so mom said oh hey my grandkids would like some <laughs> She was just so like partially doing the lady a favor. So, like, yeah, so this very one. kind lady was like, oh. How, how many grandkids do you have? And, and she made them for, we only have the ones, just my two youngest and Karen's two youngest are still you know, at kids home. at home. And so she made the four hats. So we got the hats. Anyway, I was like, boys, you need to write a thank you note. And we haven't written a whole lot of thank you notes. Right? And so... On my chalkboard, I have a big chalkboard on the wall. So I wrote up there, dear, and I put her name with the comma, and so that they could just copy it exactly, right? So that's the modeled writing portion. Yes. And beneath that, I helped them come up with just some ideas. Like I said, you need to say what you like about the hat, what you're going to do with the hat, and then thank you. And then at the bottom, I put sincerely, comma, uh -huh. and then... I actually wrote out their names in cursive so that they would know I'd have to sign it in cursive. Because my kids are not great writers, and I know they're older, but anyway, I, I did, part of you it was modeled. modeled. Okay, so the, the part of it was modeled, the first part, the greeting and the closing of the letter because were Because that's the format part. Yeah. The middle part wasn't modeled, though. What did I do there? I, I'm going to tell you. Okay. You, you really did shared writing. Okay. Okay, that's level two shared writing and this is basically well i don't know you kind of did interactive writing we'll we'll get there we're going to okay. do shared writing first then i'll tell you how it was interactive okay okay but level two is shared writing and that's where you very much are sharing the pen in general this is still you writing but it's your kids ideas so if when you were doing that exercise with them you had said what are some things you could say to her and then you wrote those sentences up on the board too okay that would be shared writing 
you're getting the content from them, the ideas from them, but you're still handling the scribe duty, if that makes okay. sense. I mean, and, then, and then they might copy it. Yes, but copying is different than writing. Okay. Right? So yeah. we use writing and what are we talking about? Are we talking about writing something that we already have written there and just rewriting it? Or are we talking about our own brand new composition? The word writing applies to both. Right. So in, in that case, you were, the format part is what you did. And then you had them add their extra. That's going to be the interactive, the next level. But had you asked them to come up with the ideas, but then you wrote them down, that's what shared writing looks like. Okay. We do that pretty often with stories. I'll say, okay, guys, um, we, we even have like, have you seen like the roll a character type thing? Yeah, yeah. Roll I love a story, those. Yeah. Things like that. So they'll roll the dice. And so I'll do the same thing even without rolling. Sometimes I'll say, okay, guys, throw out a character. Give me a character. Wizard. Yeah. And then I say, okay, give me a setting. And somebody yells out a setting. Castle. Yeah, but you got to do one that's crazy, like space, oh, okay. Mars, Mars. It can be anything. But <laughs> New York subway. <laughs> and then I'll have them throw out a problem. Like what's the issue that's going to come up? And so we, we do that. And together we will write maybe just even a paragraph long story. But I actually do the writing. I'm writing it up, but it's their ideas. It's their contributions. So that's what shared writing is. Okay. okay. I, I don't, I don't do that very often. That's a good idea. It's a way that your kids can know that their ideas are well, writing as much as the physical act of writing. You know, to tell the truth, that is for my kids, one of the hardest steps. And I've talked to my husband about this because this was never a hard thing for me. Having the ideas go from the brain to the paper. Like my husband was telling me that, that he can have lots of ideas, but as soon as he tries to get them out, it doesn't work. And I'm like, I don't get that because what? But that's real for him, mm -hmm. and my a lot of my kids are that same way. That like somehow when he tries to, they try to get it onto paper, they can't. And so doing it that way with the shared writing, it's breaking it down from they can get it from their brain out their mouth, but they don't have to put it clear on the paper. Like yeah, that's well, weird. I've never think of that as two separate steps, but there's also a bit of an overwhelm that happens with a lot of kids. I want you to imagine for a second, Michelle, that you are um, in a courtroom. You see the stenographer, and he or she is typing lightning speed, right? Yeah. Writing that all down. Imagine now if you were the judge, and it was the judge's job to do that, as well as listen to the court case, and make decisions, and, you know, moderate and everything. Could the judge do that and keep the writing and do everything? It, I don't think so. It would so. be overwhelming, yeah, be right? Overwhelming. In the same way that that would be overwhelming kids get overwhelmed by doing all of that at the same time. Having the ideas and connecting things and putting the spelling and the grammar in and all of the different aspects of it together, along with coming up with the creative story or whatever it is that you're doing, that's overwhelming. It's too much. And so yeah. this shared writing can help with that. It's well, like and, you are the stenographer. And kids are too, they're both too young and they don't have enough experience to even be able to articulate that that's how they're feeling about it. Right. Like they, they just either will shut down and not do it or they might throw a fit or they might just write a couple words and say, I, I, yeah. And the problem that happens when you put that roadblock in front of them, then they start to identify those helpless feelings of overwhelm with writing and they hate writing. Yeah. Okay. So if you want kids to stop hating writing, you break down the process. Well, see, I did that with reading for my dyslexic kids 
by reading aloud and doing audiobooks, but I've never thought about it in terms of writing. Yeah, you were scaffolding that. Yeah, I was, but I didn't think of it in that way. But and that's why my kids like reading, even though yeah. they've had trouble reading. If you can break down writing in the same way, they won't hate it anymore. They hate it because of the overwhelm in general. That's it. They don't even know that. Right. Right. They can't articulate that, but that's what happens. They get overwhelmed by the all of the things. So we're going to go to the next level. So we did level one modeled writing, level two shared writing, level three is interactive writing. This is kind of what I was describing to you. You did with the, with the thing letter, you know. yeah, that you wrote. This is where you're actually going to create together. Everybody is out loud sharing ideas. Everybody's sharing the pen. If I had done that mini lesson again with the list, the comma list. I might actually write part of the sentence up. And then like, let's say I'm writing a grocery list and I say, you know, Juan is going to the store and he needs to buy milk, eggs, bread. And then I leave it blank. Mm-hmm. And I say, does anybody have an idea? And I actually hand them the pen and they come right on the whiteboard. Cookies, you know, okay. then they're going to write apples. And then I say, Ooh, I feel like we have a mistake here. What are we missing in our in our list? And somebody says, you didn't put commas. And I hand somebody the pen and say, will you write the commas in? And it's very interactive. Okay, but why, why is it better for them to come up and write rather than you just doing it? Part of breaking down the process is turning the ownership from me to them. So they need to learn it's not scary to write a word. I mean, this is when they're when they're little, even at the beginning. You can do it with teenagers too if they haven't done it as little kids. But I start this when they're really tiny. Okay, yeah. I mean, if I had a preschooler or kindergartner who was learning to write their name, then I would also say, you know what? Let's take one out of this. Let's have Jenna do it. And my little Jenna is going to come up and she's going to write her name. Jenna In went to the space. store because that's yeah. what she's learning to do right now is learning to write her name. And that's the part that she can do. Okay, so I'm yeah. going to have her do it. So whatever the person is capable of, you ask them to do it a little bit more. Can you see how she didn't have an overwhelming time? She wrote Jenna. Right. And but at she the was same part time, of making this whole sentence. She, yeah, she was part of making the whole sentence. And she learned, even as a little one, about commas. Right. Like it's done in little teeny tiny doses when you're doing this interactive writing. So a lot of writing lessons that we do, our mini lessons, are very interactive. We often do it on the whiteboard or on a piece of paper in front of everybody together. I'll write part of the words. They write part of the words. One of the things that I love doing when I have very new writers, if they haven't learned to spell, that's a huge overwhelm. If they're not good at handwriting, that's a huge overwhelm. You put two things together. I can't spell the word and I can't actually physically write neatly and they shut down. All you have to do is get a highlighter pen and you trace it. You can even do this if it's on a whiteboard, you can use any light color and then have them take a second pen or a pencil. You know, if you do it and highlighter on their page, then they trace over it in pencil. So they're practicing writing, the handwriting part. Right. They're spelling the word. They're also contributing. Little by little, they're doing more and more. Okay, so here, here's a mini lesson from sentences, paragraphs, and narrations. Okay. It says, write a sentence. The first word should have one letter. The second word should have two letters. The third word should have three letters and so on. How long can you make your sentence? So how would you do that in, in an interactive writing lesson with several ages of kids? Like, Okay, this is what I would do first of all. Instantly I knew what I would do when you were reading that. I was like, oh, I pictured the lesson in my head. Okay. I would take our whiteboard and grab a whiteboard pen and I'd say, guys, 
come up with as many words as you can that have one letter and we would brainstorm it on the board together whole bunch of words okay and then second column okay guys come up with as many words as you can that have two letters in them and we would brainstorm just big word cloud of all of those and then third column same thing three letter words you would do that they would have a whole word bank to work from and then okay. they would each take their individual papers and I'd say okay can you make a sentence and we would start by doing it out of those three But three that things. way they've got something to copy from, they've got ideas up there, and they've all helped. Yep. And you're scaffolding their process along the way. And then you're going to have your older kids who get the gist of it and go, oh, let's come up with an eight-letter word. Let's come up with a nine-letter word. So it doesn't have to end simply. You can go right. as old as they... That works for kindergartners, and it works for high schoolers. Okay. Because they're all going to be able to do their own level but their sentence has to make sense like yeah it can't just be mumbo jumbo it's it, got to be one of the tricks of, of teaching writing and scaffolding is the talking part that happens and i just mentioned to you that i would create that word cloud you know the brainstormed list of words i do that same thing out loud with my kids all the time if i tell them to write you know to choose a setting i don't just hand them a piece of paper and say okay write down a setting we talk a whole bunch okay let's remember what setting is Let's list some off. Remember, it's time and place, not just place. We discuss and discuss and discuss out loud. And that is where, you know, whether you write it down on a board or whether you're saying it out loud, you brainstorm, you talk about things. And it becomes interactive because you're not just handing them a blank page. You're giving them all kinds of scaffolding and tools along the way. Okay, that's actually super valuable Like to think of it. Like, I have a hard time thinking about it in all those steps. I think I'm kind of a natural writer. Language is easy for me. And I always think that whatever you're best at, you're probably worst at teaching. Yeah. Because if it's natural for you, you can't, you don't do a good job breaking it down for the people who have a hard time. I'm much better at teaching math than I am at teaching writing because I'm not that great at math. I struggled with math. You had to learn I had how to, yeah. steps worked. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's... The more we can break this process down, the better. But your writing lesson should look very interactive for much of the time. I mean, now my kids are writing very, very independently for the most part. But that's because they're teenagers who have gone through all of this with me. And, and honestly, on every single day during our mini lesson, it's still interactive. This yeah, is what yeah. we do. We just, we talk about the things. We explore the rules of grammar and writing skills and everything very out loud, very shared writing experience. And I love that your youngest ones can be writing the same sentence as your older ones at the beginning, and then they can kind of go off on their, on their own level. Okay, what's the next level? Okay, level four is guided writing. Um, guided writing is basically you plan out a, some kind of writing exercise or assignment, and then you supervise your kids. So they're actually going to be doing the writing in this, but they are watched over the whole time like you're giving suggestions you're checking up on them you're reminding them oh don't forget to capitalize that that's a proper noun or you know you're you're just basically guiding them but they are the author they're okay. writing it a lot of writers workshop exercises are going to be this what i described the interactive part most of our mini lessons are very interactive okay um most of our exercises start out interactive and then i kind of send them on their own but i don't just leave them I'm watching you. What never, they do. You never ever just say, "Okay, you're gonna go write a report. Go do it." It's it would never be that. 
guided writing still breaks down a lot. If you look in Writer's Workshop, you'll see the exercises and you'll, if you know the writing process really well, you'll see that a lot of them are actually pre-writing exercises. Yeah, I, I actually really like that. that because I, I didn't even know about pre-writing exercises when I was teaching my little kids writing. You know, I didn't, I, I was more like, okay, we're going to write a report. That's all I knew. That was it. Okay, book report. Okay, now we're going to do another report. I mean, that was it. Yeah. That was all I knew. And I didn't know how to break it down. So So you'll see all of these pre-writing type things which just spark ideas. It helps them get started. Yeah. And then the idea is after they get started, then you can guide them through the process. So this guided writing is very much that. You're going to start with a simple exercise and then little by little, you're going to show them how to expand on it. It's really not a big deal for kids to get corrected if it's in small doses. So if I'm walking by and I notice that a kiddo spelled something wrong, I can just say, oh, that forest only has one R, you know, and they can quickly correct it and it's not a big deal. Do I worry about correcting every single thing? No, I don't. But if I see something and I haven't, you know, offered a lot, I'll often just point out, oh, do this, or here's an idea for this. And I treat it as I'm helping them, not like I'm criticizing criticizing yeah it's just oh don't forget that or well I I think in school my experience was more or less you'd have a writing assignment there was no feedback in the middle of it at all and you would turn it in and you'd get a grade even even when you got the grade there was really no feedback you didn't know why you got an A or a B or whatever you just got it and I'm not sure that I learned a lot from that experience I mean I was like I said I was a natural writer so it was fairly easy for me but I'm not sure that how much my teachers helped me grow as a writer because I didn't get a lot of feedback or well, the, I don't the know. problem is really that you had one teacher and 30 kids. Oh, I know. And it's really, really hard to guide that many when they're all in different places. Oh, and every single kid is going to be in a different place. Yeah. So it's been easier for me as a homeschool mom than it ever was for me when I taught in school. That was way harder because 30. Just the sheer numbers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we joke about how we have big families. It still doesn't compare to that teacher who's teaching 30 kids all at yeah, once. Yeah, or even know? 20. Even if the class size is just 20, that's yeah, still a lot. It's, it's a lot. You just can't keep up with it. But you can keep up as a homeschool mom because everybody is writing kind of the same type of assignment but on their own level, and you don't have to catch everything. You're just walking around and catching one thing on each person's paper, like making one suggestion a day on each person's. Yeah. It doesn't need to be perfect. We're not going for perfect. We're just going for growth. Hey, let's learn this today. That's something that I also learned from you, Karen, is that it's not about writing well. It's about writing better than you did yesterday. You know, it's about the process. Yep. And it's so small. It's each day's improvement is tiny. Yeah. But when you're doing it every day, the growth is huge. It just, they grow in leaps and bounds over years when day by day it seems like they're not doing it at all okay let's go to the last level of writing and that's the one that you were trying to jump to with your kids michelle yeah i know because i didn't know how to do this level five is just independent writing by the time they're at level five you can say hey go write a report on the titanic and they just go do it it's they've already learned all those skills we've done a lot of shared writing interactive writing we've been through a lot and they are capable now to just go off on their own but that can happen at smaller levels like like you could tell a second grader okay go write a sentence about apples 
So, so the independent writing doesn't have to wait until they're like in high school. Like no, and these levels, it's not like do all of level one until you get to level two. On any given day in our writers' workshop, you will see all five of these levels happen. So those levels are more for breaking it down in mom's mind. Yeah. So that you can kind of. It's ideas it. for ways to approach teaching. But yeah, even though I have independent writers at this point, that doesn't mean. I, I mean, I just described to you that I have many lessons on the whiteboard where we're sharing the pen. Right, right. That still happens with my high schoolers. And so I mean, one of our favorite things that we do is we put a great sentence on the board, like from one of our read-alouds. Like if we come across a sentence that I just say, ooh, I love that. I loved that writing. Oh, yeah. I'll just write it up on the board. And then the next day or whenever we have our next writing class, I'll say, okay, guys, I want you to imitate that sentence. And so I have this fantastic sentence written by a famous author mm -hmm. and they have to have new subject matter or a new character or new whatever it is. They fill in something else, but they use the same sentence structure right? and, and practice writing that. So that's a very high school advanced type of idea for writing. And yet we are collaborative, sharing the pen, you know, still right. doing that, that we started out with when you're they were little. You're still imitating someone else's and, and using... An example up on the whiteboard, maybe even brainstorming some beforehand. And, yeah. Yeah. So interactivity and things. In the same way that we encourage discussion, discuss writing. That's what we're asking you to do yeah. is discuss writing. Talk about it. And it helps kids grow in a little bit. You're just scaffolding so them those, that way. So those five steps that you just talked about, they're in the Writer's Workshop guidebook. They are. They're described in there. Yeah. And I, I do want to add real quickly, even when your kids are independent writers... You should just know that no one is an independent writer. Like, <laughs> Michelle, what do I do when I finish writing a unit? Oh, we edit each other. I send it to she you, right? It, yeah. <laughs> like, any writer has an editor. No one writes independently. If you do, then you're not actually going through the whole writing process. You're supposed to have an editor. Right. And so there's never a point in time where mom just totally stops. You can oh, keep on yes, teaching. There is. They graduate. <laughs> you say goodbye. <laughs> I hate I hate to tell you this, but I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast that I was working on those government reports for my Oh, that's true. <laughs> I mean, I didn't know. You didn't even raise him. I didn't even raise him. He's, I mean, I'm related to him only through marriage. Right. Like that's like barely <laughs> my, related. My husband's sister's, sister's husband. husband. Like right. I you never know when you're gonna keep on teaching writing. No, but I actually I enjoy writing a lot, so I probably do more than uh, most people in the editing department. But everyone needs an editor. Everyone should know that that's part of writing. So there's never an actual independent writing time, even though level five is called independent writing. Michelle, I do want to walk everyone through what you started out talking about is how do we even write a sentence? How do we get to that point? Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's and go so, back to that. Yeah, I want to, with the very, very beginning writers, just talk you through some things that have to happen for them to get there. And um, do you remember how excited you were when your kids started to scribble? Yeah, I had, some of my kids didn't much at all, but then I had a couple that were real artists. They wanted to draw on everything. On the walls? Well, <laughs> no, they weren't That's allowed. That's less exciting. They weren't allowed. But, you know, they oh, mine weren't allowed, and yet they did. They <laughs> mine didn't do very many things they weren't allowed to do. <laughs> But yeah, they, yeah, I had some, you know, they're toddlers and they're just, they want to draw, they want to color, they want to Scribbling the is, is yeah. the first writing. Before that, they partly don't even have the manual dexterity, the physical control to, to hold a pen. Yeah. yeah, so 
believe it or not, those scribblers are in a writing lesson right there. You're already teaching them their very first things, and you may or may not even be involved. They might have crayons on the wall, but they're still learning. No, if they have crayons on the wall, you get involved real fast. Well, yeah, you do, (laughs) and you get a magic eraser. Yes. (laughs) But you're going to see them start to scribble. When they start to scribble, they quickly evolve into patterned scribbling, I guess. You'll start to see vertical lines or horizontal lines or circles. circles. Yeah. yeah, you start to see those kinds of things happen. As soon as they are doing those things, the next step is pathways. So when I was teaching my kids pathways, we did it a lot with um, maze books. Oh, like, like the ones that are, we had these books that were for tiny children where the maze was just like basically a squiggly line. It wasn't even a maze per se, it was just they had to trace through this path. Yeah, the first ones start out as paths, so it'll, like imagine that you have a curving roadway drawn on a piece of paper. Or a zigzag, yeah. Or a zigzag, and the kid has to keep their pen inside those lines, like stay on the road. Right, right. And then as they grow up in that, they start, instead of following those pathways, it'll actually be a pathway. So now you just have one zigzag line instead of a... A double line. A double line, yeah. So now it's one, and they have to actually stay on that line. And so you're watching this progress happen. They used to just scribble, and then they started to scribble in patterns, and now they're intentionally following pathways and you know shaping things. Tracing those paths allows them to begin to form shapes, which allows them to form letters. Like that's when they're ready to start writing letters. When they can trace pathways, then you can trace the pathway of an S because you already did as that were because you already did as that road was curving. You made a nice right. turn. Now you can write the letter S. And you're not even going to think about all of this exactly. It it just kind of happens with kids. This is just developmentally how it happens. But as soon as you start to see it happening, if you know this, you realize, oh, I'm watching an emergent writer. There, this is how they come to writing letters. The next part is probably the hardest part for kids. And that's when you're teaching them each of the letters and their sounds. Is... I, I had some kids that picked it up really fast. Nathan almost taught himself to read and write, mm-hmm. um, just as far as forming the letters, you know. But Harrison was 10 or 11 before he could consistently match the sounds to the letter shapes. I mean, he just was so... It was just a struggle. Yeah. And it wasn't that he wasn't trying. He, he would know them all, and then the next day he didn't know them. And it was like, oh. <laughs> so people will ask us sometimes, like, what do you use to teach your kids to read and write when they're little like that? You know, because Writer's Workshop is really a little beyond this. Like, this is the lead-up to Writer's right, Workshop right. stuff. And um, for some kids, they can read on their mom's lap, and pretty soon they're reading. I mean, that was Yeah, Nathan. that was Nathan, yeah. And you didn't need a program. No. And and then some of my kids were like that. And some of them I used how to teach your kids to read in 100 lessons. All of them read from Bob books. Yeah. We used Draw Right Now for writing. Draw, I was going to say Draw Right Now was the version that we did of that. Like if, if they need a program. That's what Harrison used. He went through every single one of those books. He loved it. because Mostly because of the drawings. But he was very, very good at it. And it would convince him to practice the writing the letters too. Yeah, and you can get any handwriting book. People will talk about, what's the best handwriting curriculum? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. 
Your handwriting curriculum, if you want, can be a piece of paper that you write the letters in highlighter pen and they trace over it. It doesn't matter yeah. as long as they get the physical practice of writing those letters. And so that's that, that stage where you're starting to write letters, learn their sounds. It's that phonics. Learn their shapes. It's, it's yeah. connecting the reading and the writing together. Uh-huh. And that is the biggest step. That, that's a huge hurdle. Little ones. Yeah. That's not something that's done in a week. That's something that's done over usually a couple of years. Yeah. So this is a long, long phase. And it's okay that that's a long, long phase. It doesn't mean that they can't write. Because remember, in guided writing, you, they're still coming up with ideas and brainstorming with you and you're sharing the pen and you're continuing to write even as they go through this phase of learning all of those. Well, you know sounds. something that I did do with my kids when they were small? This is before they could write anything independently. They were, we, we did what we called narrations. Uh-huh. And they would just tell me what to write and I would write it for them. We did a lot, a lot, a lot of that. And I think that that helped them, even though I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think it helped them to be able to turn thoughts into something that was written down. Even if it was me holding the pen, they, they were still part of that process. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's, you know, when Harrison could not remember that A said ah, he still was writing about ancient Egypt because I was writing it for him while he told right. me his ideas. As long as you keep them excited about their ideas, you'll keep growing a writer. If they get stopped by the overwhelm, you lose them. And so you want to keep um, letting them have those authentic writing experiences, even as they're struggling with phonics, maybe. You know, and, and the ones who don't struggle, you might not even need a program at all for any of it. But for ones who do... Just let it be a daily lesson through whatever program you choose. But anyway, after they associate all of the letters and learn those letters, the natural things that happen after that are that they start to build simple words. You know, as soon as you learn what D and A say, you can write dad. And so little by little, they're learning to write and you have them practice building those basic words, including their name. That's a big important one. And then you, as you share the pen, you stop and you say, hey, let's have Tim write this word. And you have Tim come up and you say, Tim, do you know what it starts with? And they're little by little going to start writing words that they've never even written before. But you're giving them those authentic word building experiences where they get to help out. Little by little, they start to learn lots of words. And then once they have lots of words, that's when the sentence building happens. So that took you through like all the way from scribbling up to a sentence. And we're talking about years here, depending on the child, right? Yeah. And their first sentence is not going to be capitalized. It is not going to have a period. It is not going to have anything proper in it. Nothing will be spelled right. Other than an idea. (laughs) Yeah. And you're teaching them that one complete idea makes a sentence. And then one thing at a time, you'll add, okay, when we start this new idea, when we begin a sentence, we begin it with a capital letter. That warns everyone that I'm starting a new idea. It's this new sentence. And you teach that to them. And then after you've taught them that, you expect it each time. That's the thing that you correct. <gasps> Don't forget, we capitalize the sentence and have them fix it. I'm page. still correcting that. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, boys. But, but if they get that daily, all the time, then they'll start to, like, it becomes just natural. Until it's natural, you keep it up. And you just keep on, you know, that's where we're at. 
And so the sentence will eventually end with a period or an exclamation point or a question mark. You'll, you'll teach them the difference between exclamatory and interrogative sentences and all those things. But in the beginning, you're just trying to get them to the point where they come up with an idea and it's going to happen out loud before they write it on a page. All I mean, before they write an entire sentence, they're going to have written some, some words or even just some letters. Yeah, part, parts, parts of, sentences of sentences all the time. Yeah. And it's very, very common for me to write part of a sentence and then tell my kids to finish the sentence. That's a very common thing that happens in our house. I'll just get them started with a few words and then say, what are your ideas? How are you going to finish it? And every kid will have a different idea of how they could finish the sentence. And so those interactive experiences are what help writers to get to that sentence stage. So you were talking about, you know, like you teach them the capital, you teach them the period, you teach them exclamatory, interrogative. Does it matter what order all that comes in? Like, do you have to make sure that you teach them the grammar and the punctuation and all that stuff in the right order? Or does it not really matter? Nope. So when you taught Garrett to drive to my house today, I mean, he in general knows some of the laws, but did he know every single law that was required before you left home? Like that you encountered? Did he know everything? No, we, we talk about it as it came up. That's, that's what I do. As it comes up, as I notice something, I go, oh, we should cover that. It doesn't matter what order. People think there's a perfect order. There's not. There is no perfect way to teach anything, but with writing, it's going to hopefully be creative. You don't know where your kids are going to go. You don't know when their very first sentence is that is a question. Like, when are they going to write that first question that they've ever written in their life? You don't know. <laughs> Until they do, you don't need to teach them question marks. But when they do, you go, oh, let me teach you this cool mark. It's, a, it's the best one. <laughs> it has a period in it, so people still know it's the end of a sentence. But it's got an extra squiggle above it, so you know how to ask it like it's a question instead of a statement and you just teach them little by little as things come up so that's where the mini lessons come in and why they're not in any particular order necessarily in the writer's workshop yeah it's fine that they're just in it doesn't wherever. need to be in any order put it in anywhere don't worry about the order because it's going to actually be different for each individual writer but i mean we could go on michelle and talk about the next steps that happen pretty soon there's going to be you know, putting those sentences together into paragraphs and things like that. But we'll end here today because your kid just wrote a sentence and you're celebrating. I think that's, that's like, that's massive. It, it seems easier to me after that first sentence to do the progression that it is up to that point, like getting them to writing an independent sentence. That for me was the hardest part. Yeah. And I, I should add this. I told you that a sentence is an idea. The very next thing that I teach my kids is every idea has to be complete. And so we talk about the naming part, which is the subject, yeah. and the action part, which is the predicate, what the subject does. And so every single sentence, that would be the next step that you would take is, hey, let's make sure that our idea is complete, that we have a complete sentence. And once they're getting that, you're right. It, after that, they have the confidence to take off. They can, if they can write one sentence, they can write two. If they can write two, pretty soon they're writing five, and then you've got a paragraph. Right. Okay. And so it, it builds from there and there. But you really want to make writing interactive. That's, that's the goal. Thanks for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating wherever you listen. Ratings and comments help people find happy family style homeschooling. Visit us at layersoflearning.com, at Instagram, and on our Facebook group. 
and make sure to tune in next month for the next podcast. In the meantime, we wish you happiness in your homeschool. Have fun learning! Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.